0: Welcome to Adventology, the podcast dedicated to helping you be ready for Jesus. Here now is the host of Adventology, Travis Walker.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Adventology. I hope you're doing well. And as you know, everything we do on this podcast is designed to help you be ready for Jesus. And part of being ready for Jesus is having an experience with Jesus. As we know, the Bible describes the group known as the 144,000 as the ones who follow the Lamb wherever He goes. They're the ones who stand and cry out in praise and thanksgiving when Jesus comes while the rest of the world runs and hides and cries for the rocks and the hills to fall on them, to hide them from the face of the Lamb. And so in order to be able to stand before God without fear or shame or guilt, um, it is is going to require a, a level of closeness with God that no generation before it has experienced. And I don't know what that's going to look like. I know a lot of people speculate on it, and they talk about perfection, they talk about sinlessness. And, you know, a lot of those conversations end up becoming philosophical in nature and not relational. But it's clear to me that the reason that this group of people is able to stand before god is because they know him that they have a relationship with him that they have surrendered their lives to him and they're not so much concerned about perfection what they are concerned about is surrender what they are concerned about is commitment and a desire to follow jesus wherever he leads them and I think when that is where our heart is, God takes care of the rest. It's not our job to take care of our sin. It's God's job to do that. And when we start justifying sin or we start arguing about what is and isn't going to be the condition of the church in regards to behavior, um, you know, that can get very um, confusing. And there. are has been many, many misunderstandings and, and arguments and even people leaving the church uh, because of this conversation. And And so what I'd like us to, to consider today is just that experiential side of being ready for Jesus. And so that's why I invited Faith Kanovich to come on the podcast today. Um, Faith um, is a layperson. She lives in Dayton, Ohio. She works as a nurse. She attends a local 7th Avenue church, but she recently, about two years ago, had an experience with God, and she shared that testimony, and I heard it, and I wanted to invite her to share it with you. Uh, we got to know each other through our connection to Time to Get Ready Ministries, and that is the ministry led by Tony Casabono, who we had on the podcast a few weeks ago. And and so after getting to know Faith a little bit and realizing that she had this testimony, I uh, invited her on today and I think you will be blessed. In fact, I know you will be blessed because the Holy Spirit was really um, blessing her words and and I could sense his presence throughout the interview. So without further ado, let's get right into the interview with Faith. Faith, it is so great to have you on the podcast today. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. I do great. Thanks for asking me to come and share a little bit of God's goodness.
1: Amen. Amen. And I know that... uh, we are actually talking for the first time. We've been communicating together for almost a year, and we had Tony Casabono on the podcast recently, talking about Time to Get Ready Ministries, and and that's how we met. Right, you're a part of that ministry as well.
0: I am. Um, Tony uh, found me, um, and through my testimony. He found me online and he contacted my church and we began talking and praying together and I joined Time to Get Ready Ministries I help write for the powerful and purposeful prayer and more category
1: Amen and I get to send you some articles every once in a while and and uh, you and your editor always make them look even better When when I read them again I'm like yes thank you <laughs> So it is.
0: He's amazing. Yeah, it's
1: it's fun working with you. And yeah, so where are you at now? Uh, You're, I think you said you're in Ohio. um, But what is, you know, where are you at? And what do you, what do you do? What is your life like right now?
0: So um, my husband and I live in Dayton, Ohio, which is the southern part of the state. And I am a registered nurse. My husband is administrator at the hospital, and we have um a church and a community here that I stay active in. so we're just excited about what Jesus is doing in us and through us to wake us up and we look for every opportunity that we can to share what he's doing.
1: Amen. Now, Faith, have you always been a Christian? Um, did you grow up as a Christian, um, Seventh-day Adventist Christian?
0: Um, I I I grew up as a Seventh-day Adventist. Uh, my mom was a Seventh-day Adventist. She had been brought to the church um, probably a year before she had me. And now my dad was not an Adventist. He did not go to the church, but I was raised in an Adventist home. I went to the Adventist church school kindergarten through 12th grade so I have always been an Adventist my husband was a Catholic he was raised Catholic and his family were given Bible studies and he came to the Adventist belief when he was 17 years old so yes we've we've been in the Adventist church our whole married life
1: Mm. and uh, do you happen to work for uh, Kettering as well is that what you said
0: yes so, I work for, we both work for the Adventist healthcare system here in Southern Ohio, Kettering Medical Center, Kettering Health Network. Um, I work at one, the main hospital, which is their flagship ha- hospital, Kettering Medical Center. And then my husband works for Fort Hamilton Hospital, which is also owned by the Kettering Health Network. So, we're yeah. blessed.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm right here in Florida, right next to Advent Health, and we have a hospital in our community here, so we have a really good relationship with our health arm of the church. And I know when when we're in kind of growing up in the church and even working for the church, um, sometimes we can you know be very supportive of the church and its mission, um, but in the same sense, still kind of be living in the world and, and kind of planning our lives like everybody else. And, and, uh, I know that was kind of what you said was kind of your life and, and then something recently happened that kind of changed the direction of your spiritual life. So can you share kind of what precipitated that in your, in your journey with God?
0: So, like you said, I was, you know, Raised in the Adventist church, I never doubted the beliefs that I'd been taught as a child. I continued in that faith, but up into my adult life, I think I settled in and just got really comfortable with what I call being good,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, being obedient to the, to everything that I've been taught, being obedient to the Sabbath truth. I had, remember looking back, I had highs, times with the Lord where I was you know had a strong prayer life and a strong devotional life and then I'd have periods where I slipped away from that and the subtle thing is that oftentimes you don't even know that you've slipped into this lukewarm spot because it's comfortable it's warm it's comfortable and unbeknownst to me, I had slipped into that. I was reading my Bible and praying, but my prayer time had gotten really quite short. And, um, but I, you know, you felt, I felt good. I did not feel like anything was wrong. You know, I'm obedient to the Sabbath, going to church every week, praying, vegetarian lifestyle. You know, if anybody looked at the outside, they would say, you know, this is a pretty good, this is a pretty good person. And what I realized is how scary that spot is and how scary and how God sees that. And what happened was I was, it was August of 2019, but I was camping with my sister and niece in Michigan. My husband had my daughter, other daughter, um, and at the camporee in Wisconsin. So we were there for a week and I left on Sabbath morning to drive home. I remember praying. I remember listening to praise music. Again, I would have never pictured that there was something wrong with my walk with the Lord. When I got back, I started feeling sick on the way home and I started to kind of pray and just said, you know, Lord, help me get home help me, you know, I want to get to my own bed. I want to get to my own house. I thought maybe I'd caught the flu. And by Sunday morning, I was really, really sick. I spent two days, what I felt like was probably the worst flu that I've ever had. What surprised me is how high my fever started to run. And I woke up, I believe it was Tuesday morning, after being sick for two and a half days. And I just, I felt worse. I had a fever of almost 103 and being a nurse, you know, everything in me was saying, you know, usually when you're sick by day two, day three, you're starting to feel better. And here I was worse. Mm -hmm. That had me concerned. I called my husband at work and I just said, you know, something's really wrong with me. This isn't normal for me to, to be this sick, you know, just, constant throwing up and just sick. And I said, you know, and I've got this high fever. And I said, I don't know what to do. And so we prayed about it. And I said, you know, I need to go to the hospital. I don't think I should go to the doctor's office. I don't think I should go to urgent care. I felt pretty strongly impressed. You need to go straight to the hospital. And I believe that God placed that on my heart because when I did get to the hospital, they completely checked me out. Um, they ran all kinds of blood tests. And, and they said, you know, you've gotten some kind of, you know, virus is what they told me. You've got some kind of stomach virus. But, you know, my, my gut said, I don't think so. But I listened to them and they gave me some pills and they sent me home. And I took that pill that night and the next morning I took another one. But Wednesday morning, the hospital called me and said, you need to come back to the emergency room right away. Um, we found bacteria in your bloodstream. And as a nurse, I knew how serious that could be. I knew that it was serious business and I like, this is bad. This is really bad. And I drove over to the hospital. I called some two people at my church and I said, please pray for me. Something is seriously wrong with me. I don't know how I've gotten bacteria in my bloodstream, but this is bad. And you can go septic. And, uh, so I, went to Kettering Medical Center and I was admitted into the hospital. And I spent five days in the hospital while they were trying to find out what this bacteria was and how to treat it and giving me IV antibiotics. And it was a scary time. And sometimes God sends a trial to you and a scary time like this to get your attention. And I was spending a lot of time praying in the hospital. My husband and family were praying for me. The two ladies at my church were praying for me, but I got there. I was admitted Wednesday night and I prayed most of the day on Wednesday. I prayed on Thursday most of the time during the day, but I just couldn't feel any relief. And this, this was just a different experience for me because in the past, when I have reached out for the Lord earnestly in prayer, I have felt his peace and I have felt his presence. And this was just different. Mm. This was, this was different. I knew something was wrong. I knew I didn't know what it was, but I knew it was almost as if God was deliberately hiding Himself from me. That's all I can describe. That it was like there was a big wall between us. And um, Thursday night, I found out that the nurse walked into my room. It's probably nine thirty at night, and she just said, "You know, they found salmonella poisoning in your in your sample stool sample that was collected." and as soon as she walked out, I started get. I got on my phone and started doing a bunch of searching, and I thought, if I have food poisoning in a stool sample, that's what's in my bloodstream. And I said, the more that I looked on the internet, the worse the fear and anxiety came, because having food poisoning in your bloodstream is a very serious thing, and it, usually, typically people will have food poisoning in the GI tract, and then it's gone but somehow it got into my bloodstream and it could cause death and it had a high risk of death is what the internet said. It said that you can be sick for six to eight weeks on IV antibiotics and all of these complications. And I called my husband from the hospital and I said, you know, I'm in big trouble here. I am sicker than I thought I was. And I said, This is what they found. And I said, I could be here. They're not going to let me leave the hospital until this infection's cleared up. And they told me that. I could be in the hospital for six weeks. And um, I was crying. And I said I could die. I said that to my husband on the phone. I could die in here. He said, you know, it's 10 o'clock at night. He said, the only thing that we can do is pray. That's all we can do is pray. And so we prayed together, and then he got off the phone. And the last thing he said to me before I got off the phone was, you need to put your phone away. (laughs) He said, you need to get off of your internet. You need to get off of Googling and stop that. And I'm so glad he told me that. Where in the world would anything on the internet give you comfort during a time like that? Why I would go to my phone? Why would I go to my phone when what I really needed was God? And so I put my phone away, I turned it off, and I started to pray. And I will tell you, honestly, when I started to pray, it probably was a typical prayer that anybody else would pray as a Christian or as an Adventist. I The usual prayer, you know? And um, somewhere along the line, and I prayed for a long time, I stopped that, what I call the typical prayer, such as, God, please help me. Please send me your peace. Please bring me your healing. It's like I realized he may have left me. I thought maybe he had left me. I thought maybe he had walked away from me. All I could feel was total darkness and total fear. And I thought, oh, my goodness, God's left me. He's mad at me. He's done with me, and I don't even know why. Mm. But the more I felt his distance from me, the more desperate I got for him.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, because I, I, when I think about that, you know, of course, it kind of reminds me of the story of Jacob, you know, when he was kind of facing his imminent death to some degree. Um, he thought, you know, his brother had had mentioned you know, he'd heard his brother Esau had a, a band of four hundred men and they were chasing after him and and uh, he split up his family and he was trying to do everything in his power to protect his his family, but in the end he he um you know still felt completely helpless and uh and uh, and then he began that night of wrestling and and is that is that something is, is there a similarity there that you that you connect what you kind of entered in from a normal prayer to kind of a wrestling type of a prayer with God?
0: I, I absolutely would think that, you know, that that could be comparable because I'd never had an experience like this before. I mean, like I said, in the past when I had prayed for, you know, God's help on this situation or that situation or for peace, or he would give it readily, but he, but he wasn't doing that. Mm. I could not feel his presence. I could not feel his peace and his joy. And I couldn't understand it. I couldn't understand it. And I kind of just stopped what I call the normal routine prayer. And I just said, God, what is going on? I said, this isn't like you. I have loved you and known you my whole life. And I'm not saying I've been the best person. I've had my ups and downs. But you know I love you. You know that I love you. And I said, and you love those who love you. The Bible says that. And I said, I'm just taking your word and giving it to you. And I said, Why are you ignoring me? Why are you standing back and and why is this wall between us? Um, this isn't like you. I said, those who come to you will in no wise be cast out. And I said, So I'm coming to you. Now, whether you're mad at me or you're not mad at me, I said, you know, I'm here. And I'm asking, you know, for a chance, I'm asking for you to, to, to show me what's wrong. What, what's this? I just really pressed him. Uh I pressed, I, I quoted scriptures that were coming back to my mind, but I was just pleading with him and, and I don't remember word for word what I said, but at one point I remember saying, God, you know, even if you don't want to give me peace or healing you know, or I said, even if you don't want to give me healing, grant me your peace. You give that out generously. There's no reason for you to hold your peace back from me. If you don't want to heal me and I'm going to be laid to rest, I said, don't don't take, you know, at least let me have peace with you. And I said, in this time of sickness and fear, I said, God, bring me into your presence. I said, let me experience you, God like I never have before in my life. I remember saying those words and shortly after I said those words, and I honestly right now, even looking back, I've never prayed like that before. It's almost as if he was prompting me to pray that. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. Because I don't remember ever having said that in my lifetime to him in prayer. But here I was praying to have an experience with him that was greater than anything that I'd ever asked had had with him before and, and an experience with him and to really, I said, God truly bring me your presence. And, um, so shortly after I said that, um, cause I'd been praying probably over an hour. And shortly after I said that, I don't, I can't explain what happened, but I felt as if I had been picked up and placed into a room because I was sitting inside of a room and I don't know how I got there. I don't know how I got to that room. And I don't, I didn't know where I was. And I said, I said, what just happened to me? That's what I remember saying. I said, what just happened to me? Where am I? And I was sitting inside of a room and it was dark and I felt a presence in the room that I was in and I was sitting in a chair in the middle of the room and I felt a presence. And I said, um, I'm not alone here in this room that I'm in. And I started to shake all over because I was very, very scared. Um, I could tell that it was a, it was a holy being. I knew that it was God. I knew that it was, or Jesus or the combination thereof, because he could see right through me. He knew everything about me. He could read my thoughts. He saw everything there was to know about me. And I knew that. I knew that he could see all the way through me. And I knew that I was in the presence of a holy being. I knew that I was in the presence of God. And um, I couldn't see him. And the interesting thing is, I could tell he was on the right side of the room. He was over on the right side of that room. And I could not see him. He was covered in... The room was dark. And I said to him, I said, God, why are you ignoring me? (laughs) Why I don't even know why that's the first thing that I said to him. But I said, why are you ignoring me? Are you mad at me? I said, are you mad at me? Why, Why are you ignoring me? Why can't you just hand out some peace? I'm scared. I'm more scared than I ever have been in my whole life. And I said, but you're withholding your peace. And I don't understand that. He didn't say anything, but I started to see these photographs put in front of my face. They were about four by six photographs and they were put in front of my face and nobody was holding them. They were just placed in front of me and they were in color. And I said, what are these, what are these pictures? Didn't say anything. I started to look at the pictures and as I looked at the pictures, I knew what he was getting at. I knew the meaning behind each one of the pictures and I was horrified. I began to see scenes of pride, incredible pride that I had no idea was there. I had saw scenes of selfishness. I saw scenes of and he and and it's like even though he wasn't saying anything to me, I felt his presence. I could read his it's almost as if I could either read his mind, but I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, how he felt about me and how he felt about sin. And I was horrified. I cried and cried and cried. And every single thing he showed me, I said, God, I am so sorry. I had no idea that I was so offensive to you and that sin and what you're seeing in me was so offensive. And the interesting thing is none of it was a Ten Commandment thing this wasn't about keeping the Ten Commandments. This was about how he sees us and how we look at the world. And I said, God, I am so sorry. You gave your son for me. That's what I told him. I said, you gave your son for me. You gave everything that you had to save me. And I've done this. I said, I didn't even reflect your character. I've been half hearted. I've been having lukewarm prayer times. I've been praying 10 minutes and running, then taking off and running through my day. I've been reading my Bible for five minutes and then running through my day. And I said, God, I am so sorry. I've hurt you. I've misrepresented your character. I don't know how long this lasted, but it was incredibly painful. And I just kept bowing down before him and I never argued anything out with him. I just said, God, I'm I'm so sorry. Please forgive me for what I've done. Forgive me for the life that I've lived for you. I've been selfish with my time. And I'm sorry. And I wonder what he thought of me, Pastor Walker, at that point, because I was a crying mess. I mean, I just, I've never felt so broken in my whole life. And I don't know if it was an hour or so, but after all this was over, the pitcher stopped coming and he was r- real quiet. He had not said anything, but his presence was there. And I said to him, I said, God, why did you do this? Why did you take the time to bring me to wherever you have me at right now? I mean, this is pretty incredible that you've put me inside of a room here. And uh, why did you take the time to do this? Why did you take the time to show me my sins, to show me what was wrong inside of me? And he didn't say anything. And all of a sudden, I felt this huge impression. I thought, you're going to let me die? I said, am I going to die here? I asked him that. I said, are you going to let me die? He didn't say anything. And I thought, I know what he wants from me. I know what he wants from me. He wants me to submit to him. He wants me to submit to the outcome of this. And I thought, there's no sense lying. You cannot lie to God. He can see right through you. And I bet you it took me 10 or 15 minutes of just crying. And I finally said, with all the sincerity in my heart, I said, God, if you have to lay me to rest, if you're going to lay me to rest then at least you took the time to get me right with you. If you're going to lay me to rest here, at least I'm right with you. Now, I am I would like to be with my husband. I'd like to see my kids again. But if that's your will for me, then at least you took the time. At least you loved me, God. You loved me enough to not let me die in my sins. You took the time to show me what was wrong so I could confess this. I said, so I submit to you. I submit to you, God. I submit to what you're going to do in my life and through me. And if it's to be laid to rest, just promise me I'll see Jesus when I open my eyes. And that's the first that he spoke to me. After I submitted, it was the first that I heard his voice. I had known his presence was there, but I heard a voice just as clear as I'm talking to you right now. He said, I am going to heal you. I am going to restore you to your life. He said, it's not because of your prayers, but it's because of a prayer of a friend of yours. I said, thank you, God. Amen. Thank." You. I said, I didn't deserve that. You're showing me incredible mercy, God, that I did not deserve. And I said, I thank you for that. I thank you for giving me a chance to have my life back. He said to me that... Time is short. He said, I didn't cause you to be sick. He said, but I allowed it to happen to you, Faith. I allowed it to happen to you because I needed to get your attention. I said, you've got my attention, God. You say whatever you need to say. You've got my attention. He said, Faith, you know what? And the interesting part here is he kept calling me by name. (laughs) I was like, which I think is incredible. He knows our name, Pastor Walker. He knows where we live. He knows where where we're at with him. He knows everything about us. And he said, Faith, I knew you before you were born. He said, your name was given to you for a reason. It wasn't by chance. He said, you're going to live up to your name. He said, you're going to see great and mighty things happen in my name. I said, God, that's greater than I deserve. It's greater than I deserve. I said, you're going to use me, God? He said, I have a special work for you to do. I have something special in mind for you. And I said, I'm all in. I'll do whatever you, he didn't even tell me what it was, but I said, I'm all in. I am 100% yours, God. I will never be lukewarm again. I'm yours. I'll do whatever you ask me to do. Then he repeated himself. He said, time is short. He said, I'm raising up an army. He said, and this army will perfectly reflect me. I said, God, that's exciting. I said, we're going to do this? He said, I said, you're getting ready to do this. He said, yeah. I said, I'm in. I want to be in your army. I'll go wherever you want me to go and I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'm in. I'm all in. And he... um started to show me some things. It almost was was like I was watching a picture, a movie screen, but I started to see things. The room started to light up and I started to see things happen in the room. So some of the things I didn't understand and some he explained to me, but I saw a glass stand in front of me and I said, what is this? And he said, this glass is you. He said it needed to be emptied of self. It needed to be cleaned. He said, and then I saw a pitcher of water with no hand holding it. I saw a pitcher of water pouring pure, beautiful, clean water into this glass. And it didn't just fill the glass. It overflowed. And it was running around the outside of the glass. And I I said, what is that? What is that? He said, I'm going to clean this glass up. I'm going to empty it of self. And he said, I'm going to fill it to overflowing with my Holy Spirit. He said, I want you to look through the glass. And so I bent down in the chair that I was sitting in and I looked through the glass. And when I looked through the glass, I saw this light, this bright light on the, re- on the side of the room where he was at. And I said, what is that? And he said, when people look at you, he said, they're not going to see you anymore. They're going to see me. I said, you're that bright light coming from the right side of the room. He said, that's me. I said, I can feel warmth coming from your side of the room. I can feel warmth coming off of that light. I said, I can feel joy and peace. I said, I have never felt as loved as I do right now. He said, that's because it's me. Mm. I, I said, God, are you telling me that you're that light and that radiates warmth and peace and joy like I and love, like I've never felt before, is just coming from your presence to be near you. I said, will heaven be like this? He said, heaven is me. It's me. It'll be full of this light. And I said, I'm in. I'm all in. I told him that. I'm in. I'm sold out I told him you've got me God I'll never stray from you again I said if I could live forever in the presence of that warmth of that love that I'm feeling of that joy that I'm feeling that's coming from your side of the room I'm in I'm sold out I'm 100% yours and um I'm not going to change my mind I'm not going to there's nothing anyone could say or do that'll change my mind. I've sat in his presence and he is so incredible. I've never felt such power. I mean, how could his presence just make you feel that way is just incredible. He's incredible. Um, that's the, that's kind of the gist of it. I think I, I, maybe I've shared more details in my other testimony that I gave in person, but um, I met the most incredible God and spent the whole night watching him show me things and yeah. he's just so full of peace. He's so full of peace. He doesn't rush when he's talking. He talked very peaceful, very calmly. He was not in a hurry. I felt incredible love. And in the same God who I felt terrified from when he first put me in that room, I was terrified and trembling in his presence That once the closet was cleaned out, once all that sin was confessed and that ugliness taken, I felt the same, the same God was full of love and forgiveness. And he said that, um, he said, I'm going to be doing the same thing that I'm doing with you. He said, I'm going to do the same thing in the lives of many of my people. It's time to get ready. Amen. It's time to get ready. I mean, we don't have any more time to be lukewarm with with this amazing God. And he takes sin seriously. There were things that he brought to my attention that I would not have thought previously were a big deal. I just, I don't trust self anymore. I don't trust my view on anything. Because he sees things different than we see it. And, uh. Anyway, he's amazing. He's He's been working in an amazing way ever since. He's incredible.
1: Yeah, and I think you've alluded to this throughout sharing that story, and thank you so much. It was wonderful hearing it again. And I think what I just kept going back to was just the message to the Church of Laodicea, right? And I know you are familiar with that. Um, but he says... In Revelation chapter 3, verse 15, he says, I know your works, that you're neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I'm rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich, and white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eyesalve that you may see as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore be zealous and repent and behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me to him who overcomes. I will grant to sit with me on my father's throne as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne he who has an ear let him hear what the spirit says to the churches amen and yeah when i just i saw the the whole really that whole theme just described in your testimony of just not recognizing your condition until god brings you into that place where he reveals it to you and and part of that recognition was realizing your own sinfulness and 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 guilt but then because of, of God's love for you and and of course this applies to all of us he he doesn't just leave us there to to shake in our shame and guilt but he comes to us with the with the ministry of healing with the yeah. with the gold refined in the fire and the white robe and the eye salve and then once you were covered with Christ you you just described at the end there that that communal experience of him being with you and you with him. And, and I think that's the true essence of Christianity. I mean, it is, yeah, you mentioned we need to understand the truth, but, you know, we can still be on the inside, um, disconnected from it, even though outwardly, we still kind of are conforming to it in some areas of our life. But, you're, you're sharing that it's got to go deeper. And when we go deeper with God, even though it's painful to some degree, there is peace and love and joy. And and so just share a little bit about since that time. I mean, this has been almost two years now. What have you learned and, and what has been your experience since that time um, compared to before? Because obviously, you know, we have these mountaintop experiences and I've had some of those as well. How do you? How have you maintained that? And what have you learned as you've gone forward from that time?
0: Well, when I, what um, well, interesting and a lot of people, I didn't say this in my testimony the day that I gave it at church, but for almost a week or two after that event, I came out of the hospital and I had victory over two or three things that I had been struggling with. They were just gone. There was no desire to do those anymore. And um, I knew that God had taken those from me. And um, But my prayer life exploded. Um, It wasn't 10 minutes anymore. It never can be. It never will be again. Maybe a 10-minute, five-minute prayer during the day, you talk to them during the day, but not, not the communion with him. Coming before him is coming for before him with, in prayer and reading the word of God has just exploded. I've spent more time in prayer, um, reading the word of God. There were passages in Ellen White and in the word that I have read many a times in the past, but they would be on fire to me. It would have new meaning to me. And i was like, that's what that means. It's almost as if I could read the word of God and it just made sense to me. And it started to sit different with me. I'm like, I've, I've known this all my life, but yet that passage would just be incredible. It would be on fire for me. And I couldn't get enough of reading the Bible. I still can't get enough of reading the Bible. I can't get enough of reading Ellen White. Um, I'm just enjoying my prayer life. Just sitting in his presence, getting to know him better, not necessarily always just to ask him for things, but to praise him and thank him and spend time with him, reading, praying, reading, praying. I pray with my Bible open. Um, I was told that night to memorize scripture. So I've been working on that. Um, I've memorized scripture in the past, but I've been very systematic with it since then just taking scripture memorizing it Um, he told me that night that scripture would be a safeguard up around my mind so that when the evil one would try to come in or try to deceive the scripture would stop him the scripture is powerful and as you memorize it it helps change you so that's a big thing that I've learned and implemented is just memorizing scripture. And I always ask God, what's, what scripture is next? What scripture is next? Cause you know what I need, you know what the challenges are that I'm going to face, what scripture is next. And he'll bring another scripture to me to start working on and memorizing. So I try to add one new scripture a week to my list and work on it all week and then keep reviewing the ones that I've been learning. That's been a big difference. Um, got involved with Time to Get Ready Ministries, and that was through my testimony, um, which has been a big blessing to um, have a chance to write articles, help with the editing of those articles, and, and provide, um, just trying to share with other people what my journey has been. And and some people have asked me, you know, like, think that, you know, you've arrived. no no, this is a work. This is a journey. I miss, I fall and I get right back up. But what I don't allow to happen anymore is I do not allow anything to keep me away from my time with him
1: Uh. because
0: he is doing a work in me. And and that isn't going to happen because I spent the night with him. I mean, yes, praise the Lord. That was amazing. But that was the beginning of my journey with God. I can't let anything come between me and the time that I I set aside for him in the morning. And I spend three hours in the morning with him and I spend two hours at night and more if I can, just reading the word of God and praying and communing with him. And he's teaching me and been teaching me that he wants to have this amazing relationship with each and every one of us. He wants to be close. He wants me to read scripture and have an understanding of it through the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants me to read Ellen White. And most importantly, everything that he gives me, Pastor Walker, isn't just for me. He wants it to be shared with other people. And whatever he fills me with, I will say, God brings somebody today that needs something that you shared with me. And he always does. And I, you know, I'll share with them a blessing he gave me. And it's exactly what they needed to hear. So most importantly is, number one, the prayer life. Is it a communion with God? Are you communing with God? Is this a precious time of getting to know him? Two, are you reading the word of God, memorizing it, and doing everything that you can to to seek the word of God in you, to seek that truth in you? And then number three is try to be busy serving him. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That this, this is the three this are three things here. We read, we pray, and we serve. Because he's he's gonna pour the Holy Spirit out on us, but it's just it's to be shared. It's to be poured out to other people. And we can't be selfish with the truth. And we have the truth of the Sabbath, we have the truth of the sanctuary message. I've been studying the sanctuary a lot. I remember as a kid learning about the sanctuary and go, oh, great, another sermon about the sanctuary. You know, I just remember being completely bored when they talk about the sanctuary. And what's so funny is that it's now I'm just so fascinated with the sanctuary and reading about the sanctuary and what happened in the sanctuary and what that means to us. But it's a journey. I'm not I'm not there, but I'm on my way. And I just try to look at every person as an opportunity, as somebody that I could help pick them up, get them back on their journey, encourage them. We can't give up. We're sitting on the edge of the promised land right now. And it's time to step forward in our faith and cross over and take the promised land. And I just try to encourage as many people as I can to stay in the word of God. Keep praying, keep working on your prayer life. And sometimes I say to God, you know, I don't want to say the same things to you. This needs to be fresh and new. Pray through me with the power of your Holy Spirit. Don't let it be my words. Let it be your words. Not every day is perfect, but he's perfect.
1: Amen. Yeah, I can totally relate because, I mean, a couple of my episodes I've done here on the podcast, I've shared my testimony, and it's a little bit different than yours, but the actual take-home that I got was exactly the same as yours in that, Amen. um And of course we're all different and God meets us at different places in our life. But I, I do totally resonate with that. You know, after that experience, I could not get enough, you know, I just wanted to read and study and, and I experienced incredible growth, incredible understanding of, of God and the scriptures and, and just kind of the realization of where we are in earth's history. And it all became very, very just, um, you know, like nobody could ever shake me from that belief. It's it's so unshakable in my mind, not because as much of, you know, just because I read it, but it was like you, you're describing an experience. And I think that is um, what we find over and over in the Bible and in the writings of Ellen White. She talks about us having an experience. And if we're going to live through this time of trouble, we have to have an experience like no other generation has had before yes. us. And that's an experience with God. And I think that's what you're sharing is possible. And it doesn't, um, you don't have to be out there, (laughs) you know, partying in the world to, to, uh, to, you can be just in the church and, and going to, you know, paying your tithes and being involved uh, and, and, and still not be having that vibrant um, experience with God. And so I think, both of our testimonies really kind of take that, you know, from different perspectives, but gets you to the same place, Amen. which is, um you know, like totally, um, you know, sold out to God. And and so what would you say? You know, I, I mean, there's somebody listening right now, I'm sure who's, who's saying, man, I want that my, for myself, you know, what I just heard. And I, I really want to get out of the rut. I really feel like, um you know, I want to experience God, like the way you described it. So, what do you say to people who, who ask you that?
0: Um, you know what I say? It, it isn't about knowing the right things to say. It's about knowing who to go to. And it simply starts with saying, my prayer time, whether I'm good at it or, I'm, or I think I'm not good at it, whatever you're at in your prayer life, you have got to set quality time aside It cannot be 10 minutes, it can't be 15 minutes, not in the times we live in right now. You have got to put quality time aside and set it aside, and even if you don't know what you're doing, get before the Lord. Sometimes I start and I sing a couple of songs, I'll read some things in Psalms, you know, and then start to pray, but find him. Find him on your knees and just say, be honest with him. You know, God, maybe I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe I don't know how to come close to a holy God, but teach me. Teach me to have a prayer life. Breathe on me. Breathe on me, your Holy Spirit. Teach me to connect with you and stay in your presence until not only am I connected, but I'm filled, overflowing. You know, dwell in me and and just be, you know, just be earnest about that. And maybe day one and day two, you'll go, well, I don't feel any different day three, day four, you will feel a difference. If you make God a priority, He will lead and guide you to a deeper and more abiding relationship with Him. And and I try not to compare my relationship with God with somebody around me, and I'll tell you why. Because when you compare your walk with God to somebody around you, number one, you're either going to think you're better than them, which then leads you to pride or two, you may think you're not as good as them which leads you to discouragement mm. so don't, don't look to what somebody else has get on your knees double up your prayer time triple up your prayer time set your alarm three hours early two hours early, whatever you can say God wake me up because I want to know who you are be earnest about that I don't even, sometimes I say to God I don't know what I'm doing here I don't know how to be what you want me to be, but I'm surrendering. And that commitment happens every single day. Every single day, I I go down to my knees and I put that time aside to Him. And I said, I don't know what I'm doing, God, but I'm all yours. That's a, a daily commitment to Him. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and lead me to this path. And help us to bring as many people as we can with us. And, and I just think if you're earnest about wanting to know who he is and you're willing to take the time, he will, he will pour out his blessings upon your prayer life. He will wake you up and bring you to a place where you can have a vibrant prayer life. But if you think it's going to be in five or 10 minutes in the morning and five and 10 at night, it's not going to happen like that. You just can't.
1: Yeah, so... You know, I think, you know, given that we've been talking a lot about prayer and, of course, um, if people want to stay connected to you, they can go to time timetogetready.org and, and see the the prayer um, section there and, and you write and you edit that area. Um, but, you know, I, I think it would be really cool if, if you prayed for that listener right now. Um if you don't mind, you know, cause I, I, I believe the Holy spirit will, will give you the words that that person right now needs to hear. And, um, you know, we, we think about, you know, just the, the general need of, of that, of that experience with God that we talked about and, and um, the hope of, of his soon coming, which we believe is eminent. Um, and, uh, so yeah, faith, if you wouldn't mind just kind of closing our, our episode today with a prayer and uh, just appreciate you so much coming on today.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for giving me a chance to share God's goodness with you. And I would absolutely love to pray. Precious loving heavenly father, you are a mighty God who is holy. You are a mighty God who's so full of love that you took the time, God, to wake up, Pastor Walker, to wake me up, and you are waking your people up all over the world. And Father God, I ask that any person who is listening to this podcast will hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, not me, Lord, but hear the voice of the Holy Spirit going, it's time to wake up. You are coming soon. It's been promised in the word. It's been told to us, God, you're coming soon. And so I ask, Father God, for every single person who is listening to this podcast, that they will feel the power of the Holy Spirit urging them on to spend more time in prayer, to be earnest about that, to spend more time in the word of God, and to get out and to serve and share what you have given them, Lord, with those around them. Wake us up, God. Wake us up. Rise up, O oh God, and wake us up as a, as a people so that we can give your loud cry message, so that we can march in this army, and we can let other people know that you are amazing, you are powerful, you love us, but it's time to go home. It's time to go home to heaven. Help us to put our sins aside and submit to the work that you're doing in us and through us. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for everything that you're doing. May this message go out to many, many people and help them find the most amazing relationship with you. In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Wow. What a testimony. What a confession of faith and trust. And I hope that you were inspired as much as I was. I know that... When you hear a story like that, there's action that is needed right away. So I want to encourage you not just to, to sit on your hands, but to really put into practice the recommendations that she gave us um, to really begin seeking the Lord with all of your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength every single day, not just for a few minutes, but really spend time with God Um, And we want to hear your story. You know, if you've been blessed by this podcast, you've been blessed by the Ministry of Adventology, or you were just blessed by this particular episode, please reach out to me at at travis.adventology.com. Of course, you can share this episode. You can leave a rating or a review. Um, All those things help push the ministry forward and obviously brings that social proof. So when others find it, they can see that, many have enjoyed and been blessed by this podcast and we see it going around the world we see the lord using these episodes and so i thank you for your support and i encourage you to continue to pray for adventology you can sign up for our newsletter at adventology.com you can follow us on facebook or on twitter Um, there are lots of ways that you can be involved with adventology and so i hope uh, you have a great day I know that we are living in the last days and every day is a gift. So please give your heart to God and continue to walk with Him each and every day until we see you next week for another episode of Adventology. But until then, Aranatha.